You're about to listen to a new episode of Audio Signals. Get ready to take a journey into the known, the unknown, and everything in between. Recorded at no specific point in time nor space, ITSP Magazine's co-founders Marco Cipelli and Sean Martin follow their passion and curiosity as they venture away from the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society to discover new stories worth being told. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. red button is on and welcome everybody this is audio signals with uh, today marco Ciappelli. Um my buddy sean is not going to make it but that's okay we have a lot of topics a lot of uh, guests that wants to be on the show and we're very excited and honored to to share stories with uh, with all of you listening and today um it's a local uh, organization and by local for all of you that knows that I am based in Los Angeles it's uh, it's what I mean so <laughs> the Los Angeles area and Southern California and the interesting thing is it was uh, presented to my attention because there was a, a surf and paddle events for kids and uh, not all the kids kids are always doing this here on the beaches for a particular categories of kids that kind of move my my attention and move my feelings and I wanted to learn more about about this organization which is called Miracles for Kids and I have uh, Autumn Stryer and she's here she's one she's the founder and she's going to tell us the story about this organization welcome to the show Autumn Thank you Marco we're excited to be here and I'm excited to have you. Like I said, usually we talk about big, uh, big uh, global things that happen around the world. But, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of globality and never forget about communities. So it's important for us to think global, but sometimes act local. Like if you, your choice is between do nothing because you can be the big guy, be the the local person, the local organization, and anything can make a difference. So let's start with you, a little introduction about yourself and how it happens that you created this organization, um, Miracles for Kids. Uh, well, thank you, Marco. So, uh, yeah, we're Orange County based and we serve families throughout Southern California. I myself am a California native. I grew up in the Mojave Desert. Uh, happened to have been on the receiving side of community support and charity as I was growing up. I think maybe throughout our lives, we all have an opportunity to benefit from kindness of another when we're struggling. And so certainly in my, in my early years, I learned the value and importance of community and the value and importance of, of giving to those in need because I was on the receiving side. And it had an incredible impact on me. I have been volunteering for nonprofits uh, really my entire life. And I've been working since I was 10. So, you know, to, to support myself. So I think 
the value of putting those two things together and being able to build myself a career which really doesn't have a single day of working in it because I live a life of service is really truly the most incredible thing I could do with my life. And, uh, you know, it's from that that all things included Miracles for Kids uh, 18 years ago was created. 18 years ago. Wow. And I just <laughs> heard of it. But that, that goes to tell you that sometimes you you need to to be able to amplify the stories and i think that that's why i wanted to do this because you know we always pay attention to the big things and like i mentioned at the beginning the big brands and and, and we forget that we can do a lot of things uh, at a local level so what does this organization focus on i mean it all clearly it's kids but what what is what is the story and and what is that the kids that benefit and the family that benefit from this. You know, you talk about global and local and, you know, one of the things that really is intrinsic to the mission and might speak to those who listen is the fact that it really doesn't matter where you live. Uh, your health is the great equalizer, right? It's the thing that affects all of us. Uh, and it doesn't matter if you're local, global, rich, poor, successful, struggling. Uh, health is the great equalizer. And when it comes to that reality and who we serve, um, we've got families with critically ill children who at one point were stable. You know, some of our families weren't, but our mission is to serve those who as a result of their child's diagnosis and really multi-year overwhelming impact of the treatment period related to uh, being near a family when their, you know, when their child is struggling is really where we focus, right? So it's it's the child who is battling the life-threatening illness. It's the financial impact that is taking place for the family who's trying to still go to work, still pay rent, put food on the table, gas in the car, still get their child to and from a hospital, which if you're in LA County, right, that's wonderful. But how about if it's a children's hospital that's 120 miles away from you? One way, because you live in Central California, but you have to go to CHLA or Mattel Children's Hospital because that's where the physician that treats your child's illness is located. These types of things have an extraordinary impact and Miracles for Kids was created because there was no private sector solution to that need in that demographic and seeing families implode from that is, is just something that all of us in our community have to pay attention to and step up and provide support for. And how important is for this larger than community reach? It's, uh, I'm thinking the technology, the fact that you have a website, the fact that people can donate, the fact that people can listen to this podcast from wherever they are in the world. And I'm sure there are similar organization, but uh, that doesn't mean that you cannot help each other or, or help other organization in different places of the world. So it's in 18 years, I think the technology and the social media and the, the internet has changed enough. I'm curious to know how this impacted your mission and maybe the way you do things. You know, it's been an extraordinary opportunity, the growth, not just in technology, but social media and the advent of philanthropy through social media. Also the advent of philanthropy through Roundup in checkout carts and at your point of sale, uh, online carts. I mean, all of these things give extraordinary opportunity for an individual, maybe in a remote location around the world, 
if not rural or suburban or urban, to donate a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars. And, you know, because health is impacting all of us, uh, we do get donations from around the world. We've got followers in Northern Africa and in Western Europe and others who just say, hey, you know what? I know I don't live in California, but that doesn't matter. Kids impact me. And I want to give $10, you know, because I know it'll put a, a meal on the table for a family. And Marco, listen to this, because you live in LA, right? A family of four trying to survive on $25,000 a year who've lost their jobs because they had to take their kid to and from a hospital. I mean, these are things I think we can all get together on and I don't think it matters where we live. So technology has banded us together. It's crossed borders. It's made it possible for all of us to help each other. And to your point, I hope there are miracles for kids organizations everywhere because you know this is a problem that exists everywhere. Absolutely. And I can and I can think about one of those situations where if you're on Twitter or uh, Facebook or Instagram, that, that somebody make a call for a donation. There is the GoFundMe. There is many organizations like that that make it so easy to help. And it's kind of funny what you said, how even just uh, creating a website or a shopping cart is uh, so much easier now. I mean, I, I was in, I mean, always been in the advertising branding business as well. So I, I know the difference of how to do, you know, marketing nowadays or even starting a, yeah, an e-commerce, you know, 15, 20 years ago compared to today. So that, that's a good thing. Um, we got connected because I was actually invited to an event that was happening here on, on one of the, the beach of LA where you were actually bringing uh, kids to to learn how to surf to experience the water for the first time and and again you people may think if they don't live in LA that LA is on the water because <laughs> they associate <laughs> that uh, you know me being one of those uh, more than 20 years ago or or more you know you watch TV you watch uh, Santa Monica and yeah it is LA but it's not you know Orange County and all of that so anyway some of these kids I, I was really like impressed by the fact that you know you, you got to think about people in this area with kids that may have never seen the ocean so you, you organize tell me about that experience what it means it's not just helping to you know transportation food and clothing and medicines and, and all of that but it's also to give you know, to give a dream for a few hours, maybe to, to a kid? Well, and you know what, it goes to the larger question that we've all been talking about in our communities, certainly since COVID, but a lot of us before that, which is mental health, mental health stability for our young people. So you're talking about, to your point, especially if you live in a heavily you know, populated area, maybe of, of East LA County, or you're in the rural population that's, you know, 200 miles east of LA or Orange County out in the, you know, in the desert, you're not going to the beach because at six or $7 uh, for a gallon of gas, plus all the things you need to even be safe in the water, you're priced out if you're living with limited means. Um, so, you know, what we try to do at Miracles for Kids is take a holistic approach to family stability. We pay rent, we put food on the table, gas in the car, like we talked about, we help families get to and from. We put clothes on their back and fill backpacks with school supplies because that also affects your discretionary income. But we try not to forget the importance of joy, the importance of getting your family out 
providing a day of mental wellness. And well, we're here in Southern California, so where better to do that than at the beach? So the event that you're referring to is our, actually was our 11th annual surf and paddle camp, which is a series of day camps every summer where we bus in families uh, and we serve on any given day, three to 350 families. So 12 to 1500 individuals who have our support a handful of those families feel that their child who's in treatment or their children are stable enough to come out and join us. And we really rely on corporate partnerships to make that happen. So we have extraordinary companies uh, across the nation, really. Um, some of them are global. One of our biggest is Board Riders, uh, which is uh, Orange County based, but is a global entity uh, who donates wetsuits and uh, sunscreen and sunglasses and paddle boards and surfboards. And then they get their entire employee base to sign up and come out and help with surf and paddle instruction so that we can ensure the children are safe. And then we get food vendors and, and we brought out Club Pilates and Stretch Lab to do some wellness on the beach with our caregivers, our parents, our siblings who didn't wanna go in the water. I mean, we really just, we try to blow it out for lack of a better term, make it this incredible day there's music, there's food, nothing costs a dollar. All the families go home with big bags of shirts and uh, accessories. Some of them even take home wetsuits and things that have been gifted to them. And all of a sudden they've had this day outside the hospital, outside of an apartment building where maybe they're a family of six sharing a two bedroom apartment with another family of six. And when I say that, that's a real story that we have. We have families living in garages. I mean, we're talking about, you know, really depths of despair. Uh, it's a blessing that we get to do that, but it's, we get to pull them out of that, give them a day. And we've had some incredible stories, kids who never been in the water, kids who are, you know, just, they're scared of the sun because sunburns can hurt if you have skin cancer. I mean, there's just, you know, there's a ton of those stories, but they're all meaningful and they're certainly inspirational. They are very inspirational. I'm, I'm very happy to, to, to be here to, to share this story. And, and I think a big part of the story as I was going through the website is the, the corporate partners that you just mentioned, and, and feel free to, to mention more, um, and because this would be an invitation if somebody's listening, uh, either in the area or outside of the area to, to contribute. But also you have, you, you partner, I'm understanding, or with, with hospitals, with, with other organizations. How does that work? What does it mean to, to partner up with, I don't know, City of Hope or the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles? I mean, how does that work? How does facilitate what you bring to these families? Uh, so partnership wouldn't be the right word in the sense that um, most of us, you know, we refer to a partnership as, as, you know, some structured relationship. We have those with our corporate partners for which we're incredibly grateful. The way that we work is we're more of a referral organization. So okay. every, every children's hospital has social workers or a social services department. That department is aware of community resources in the region to help families who have a child in treatment at their hospital. Uh, we just make sure that they're aware of Miracles for Kids and that we serve families who are at or below the poverty line. So families who are in extreme financial distress. We are referral only organizations. So my team here in Orange County makes sure that we have open and active communication channels with all of the children's hospitals 
throughout Southern California, the Bay Area and beyond to make sure that if they need to find a resource for a family, they can provide Miracles for Kids information. And then from there, our caseworkers here at Miracles, uh, then we start talking to the families and figure out ways we can help. Got it, got it, got it. That's, yeah, I think it's my business mind to always refer to partners. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's still a partnership, right? I mean, it, it's still it, working it together. Is. I mean, we are a resource for those that try to help families. And very often they'll see us maybe on the news or they'll read about us or, or even listening today, right? Somebody mm -hmm. might have a family or a friend or a colleague who knows somebody struggling financially because of the impact of their child's illness or condition. We have a lot of heart babies, uh, a lot of kids that are waiting for liver and kidney transplants. So, you know, unfortunately these stories are everywhere and, you know, they touch all of us at some point. Uh, you did mention corporate partnerships and uh, Miracles for Kids is so grateful for the 30 to 40 corporate partnerships that we have. And, you know, there's local companies for sure, but the vast majority of them aren't necessarily here. But, you know, you're talking large entities like Experian or PIMCO or Pacific Life that might happen to have one of their many headquarters here in California then you've got global brands and large banks like Bank of America and, uh, and others. Citizens Business Bank is one that comes to mind that, you know, steps up for us where, you know, they just give us a call and they say, look, you know, we've got we can adopt a family for the holidays and use Amazon to ship our items out. And that's what we did during COVID and we continue to do. So, you know, to your point, technology, social media, uh, you know, the advent of online options makes everything possible no matter where people are. And, and thank goodness for that, because it is the way that we survived pandemic plus and everything else that we're doing is we use technology and digital platforms to reach people. And it really has helped us from a business standpoint, not just survive, but thrive. Yeah, we, we definitely need to thank uh, technology for that and for many other things. And we can blame it for others, but I think if we work <laughs> on it, we can make it everything positive, and I want to be very optimistic about this. Uh, tell me, do, do you have anything upcoming that is worth for you to, to mention? Uh, other events, um, some fundraising or other events for kids, either on the beach or anywhere else? Yeah, you know what we do. So every month we've got something going on. So we have ongoing opportunities for volunteers to come on site and help us assemble what are called our box of miracles. That's boxes about 300 to 350 that we're going to ship out every month to our families' homes. So we use volunteers to fill those boxes, to write personal note cards to our families and children, uh, to decorate the boxes. Um, if you're not in the region, we also, uh, you know, always need donations whether it's uh, something small like coloring books or journals for our teen population. Is it a pair of, of socks? Is it, uh, you know, leftover soaps, hand sanitizers? I mean, household items, anything like that we need. So there's an ongoing opportunity to get that. Um, as we enter the holiday season, we also have some really fun opportunities because we do not only a Thanksgiving drive where we will uh, assemble Thanksgiving meals, hand deliver and ship them throughout the state. But as we gear up for the holiday season, uh, we look to individual sponsors, donors, families 
to adopt each and every one of our families. And we provide every donor with a story about the child, uh, the wish lists for every member of the family. And there are opportunities to wrap all of those gifts and send them directly to a family if you're not in the geographic area. Or alternatively, we do a huge wrapping party. We get people coming from all over. They come in for a day. They bring the gifts they've purchased for the children that they've adopted and they wrap them up with personal notes and then they, they can deliver or they'll put them in one of our big shipping boxes and send them out all in time for the holidays and making sure that nobody who is struggling has a Christmas tree without a gift underneath it. So there's a lot of really fun opportunities to get involved. And the other thing we have is an apartment complex here in Orange County where we have 12 of our most at-risk families living 60 or 70 individuals, uh, and we do events year-round there as well. So lots of opportunities, and uh, you know, I would just suggest somebody give us a call or shoot us an email if they're interested in learning more, because I don't want to overwhelm you here. I could probably talk for hours about it. Yeah, you know, what What I really like about this is it's it's not dry, and, and by not dry, I mean even the way you talk and reading on the website and describing all of this, it's it's about the details, right? I mean, you're, you're talking about decorating the box. And for me, with a, with an artistic mind, I'm thinking like, how much of a difference can make for, for a kid instead of getting a, a, a dry carbon box, you know, <laughs> arriving or something with more Christmassy, you know, I'm, I'm a kid at heart. So I, I totally see that, that the big difference. And I love that. I don't think we realized, you know, with Box of Miracles, which actually was born out of COVID because we couldn't deliver. So it was like, oh my gosh, our families are at risk. They can't go to a grocery store right now. They have a, a child very ill. Um, so on top of everything else, how are we gonna get stuff to them? And then, then they started sending us photos of their child who opened the door and got a box with their name on it, with hearts and funny little pictures that a 10-year-old drew because some family swung by and donated an hour of their time. And, you know, we just did this past weekend back to school. And you probably will see it on our Facebook page. And I encourage anybody to look at Instagram or Facebook under Miracles for Kids. There are pictures of three-year-olds decorating boxes, of grandparents decorating boxes. I mean, it's really, it's the fun part. And it's personal because our families don't get things in the mail. They don't have Amazon accounts where they're ordering amazing things. They get nothing other than bills, you know? So this really changes the mental health of a family. They get a gift box and nobody knows what's in it because we don't know what's in it until donors ship us stuff. So it's, it's wonderful all around, honestly. And, you know, as the last thing, and then I'm going to let you have your kind of call to action and, and just, just to mention that, of course, there will be like notes on on the podcast with links to people that want to connect with you, with the with the website or you know any resource that you want to share. But I wanted to touch for the the last let's say question about what we you already started. I mean the mental health. So how important is a the right attitude, the right mindset to help not only the kids that are going through really hard time but also for the family and and how a positive moment a moment of joy and and tranquility let's say you know it, to say well i don't have to worry about to pay the rent this month that's a big thing i mean you mentioned 
just getting bills in the mail. That's not a good thing. So how much of an importance is that uh, for contributing to the health of the kids? You know, I think that we maybe prior to COVID, even before that, didn't realize that, you know, stability isn't just financial, right? It's the ability to actually get up out of the bed, out of your bed every day to believe that, you know, your day might have some positivity in it and also to be the example for those that are counting on you. I'm a mom of three. I've been married over 20 years. I've got kids that are teenagers battling everything you can imagine, like everybody else, right? They look to me to be solid, right? I'm the pillar. Um, and as my husband as well. But, you know, when our kids have stress around them, negativity, because they see mom crying, right? Because mom is scared to death that she's going to lose her son's life. She can't put food on the table. We've got situations where they can't even put enough gas in the car to get their child to treatment. That changes the likelihood that that child is even going to survive the illness, right? So these are scary things to say out loud, but they're true. And mental health is everything because it's what you need to get out of bed every day and to be that pillar for your child or your, you know, the other siblings who are impacted. And Miracles for Kids, you know, we all hear, we believe the importance in mental health because with that, you can move forward. And if you can move forward one foot in front of the other, there's a lot of opportunity there. The trick is you can't do it alone. So we make sure that nobody walks by themselves. If they're part of us, they're part of us for years and we stick beside them. They can call us and we answer. And, you know, I think a lot of people think of nonprofits as, you know, some big building somewhere where somebody has a mission and maybe there's a big website and you hope that you send in your $20 and it makes an impact. Um, you know, I built miracles to make sure that we were never like that. Anyone can call us and say, I donated my $20. I'd like to know where it goes. And I can tell you the family that it went to, the city they lived in and what they're battling. So we try to make it personal because giving, caring, impacting the world and each of us trying to make uh, an imprint before we leave this earth is personal, right? So, you know, I think all of that together, you know, is not just mental health for those we serve, but mental health for our donors too, because it's something that they get to have when, you know, times are tough, maybe in their own life. So I hope those two sides, you know, reconnect and stay together when we provide that opportunity for a donor to meet a family or give to a family and then vice versa, a family getting to say thank you. So important. Well, you made the closing for me and you stole it because I was going to connect <laughs> that. I was going to go with the giving is also, you know, much bigger contribution than just giving is is a contribution to, I'm envisioning, you know, the grandparents or the parents and the three years old kid decorating the box. Just that, that's stuck in my head. Yeah. Having a great moment together as a family. So as you're doing good to others, you're doing good to, to yourself. And you said that, I, I kind of added to it. And, and I think that is, that is a very important message on top of the transparency uh, one of the fear when we donate to these big organizations, like wh where are the money going to go anywhere? Who's going to pocket this cash? Or, you know, it's, it's like, what are you going to do with it? And the fact that they have a reference and somebody like you and all the people on the team, I think is really important. So, well, Adam, I'm so happy that we took the time to, to talk about this and uh, to learn about it. And um, 
I'm going to give you one minute to really make your call to action to all the people uh, mentioned the website. And then again, before I, I leave you with that, which I'm going to close with your message. Uh, yeah, read the notes. There will be resources there and, uh, and something I'm sure something you can do. Thank you. You know, um, I appreciate the opportunity just to have the conversation. If anyone is listening and is moved at all by, you know, the families we serve, uh, we have ways for you to get involved. If you're local, we have ways you can donate an hour of your time or a dollar of your resources, or uh, maybe you've got things at your house that you'd like to donate to a family in need. I would just recommend you give us a call uh, or you can shoot us an email and it's all very simple info at miraclesforkids.org. You can always just call and say, hey, I heard Autumn and she said this one thing. And so I'd like to get involved. Uh, the team here at Miracles for Kids is very close knit. We're all very open and we really encourage anybody that would like to make a difference in the life of a critically ill child and their family, no matter where you live in this world, to, to reach out. We will find a way, uh, even if you're not local, to connect you to the impact you can make. Our website is miraclesforkids.org, and we've got basic information on there. And then one last thing, if you are local, uh, just go into the volunteer section. There is, uh, to your point about technology, we're on Volunteer Hub. We list our upcoming events probably 30 to 60 days out. Uh, and if you're in the local area and you love getting all dressed up, our annual Night of Miracles Gala is October 8th. Uh, it's masquerade this year. It's a lot of fun. About 500 people will be there. Uh, so if that's your thing, uh, you should reach out on that too. So lots of opportunity to get anyone involved. And Marco, thank you so much just for the chance to share our story and to talk a little bit about those we serve. Uh, just a pleasure to be able to, I hope, participate and give something by by doing this i mean we call these audio signals because we love radio we love podcasting but we also see this signal as something we we receive right in through through the air and then hopefully we're able to amplify it and and then other people can pick it up and you know give it another boost share and uh, tell people about miracles for kids Autumn, thank you so much. And uh, please keep us updated. If you have any other event or something to say, I, I'd like to keep uh, the mic open for you and for your, your organization. So you know where to find us. And uh, again, thank you so much for sharing these very meaningful stories with us. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Have a good Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Audio Signals. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society, and some even beyond that.